Hello and welcome to the Appertons Podcast. This is my monthly moment to expose the real and raw truth about birth through chatting with epic local women from the sunny coast about their birth experience, showing just how different birth can be. This month I'm talking to Ree, however first I'm just going to give you a quick little rundown of what's happening with Appertons this month. This month we have our Appertons Birth Workshop Goodness on the 14th and we have the Body Balancing Workshop on the 17th. Now for those of you who don't know, the Body Balancing Workshop is designed from when you're 20 weeks of pregnancy onwards as soon as you can because it is better the longer we have to balance your ligaments. It's way less stressful and we have way more time to work with. And then with the Appertons Birth Workshop, you um, can come anytime from 28 weeks onwards whenever you would prefer. We have our normal postnatal yoga and Pilates, which can be for mums alone or mums and bubs, totally up to you. If you have the option to leave your bub at home and you feel like a bit of self-love time, then absolutely don't worry about bringing them. However, if it's not an option or you really want to bring your bub, then absolutely bring them along. There's always bubbers there. We also have our normal pregnancy yoga and Pilates. And this month, our pregnancy yoga actually falls on Mother's Day, which is super exciting. So that will be our sixth week with um, Caitlin, who is going to do the pelvic floor awareness. So Ree talks about her two birth experiences. The first is six years old now, and the second is a newborn. And I really appreciate Ree's vulnerability and openness about her experience here. It is just so, so valuable to get these thoughts and these um, tips and these learnings out there so that hopefully less women can go through it or maybe they can go through the process a little bit quicker um, through these beautiful, helpful words from Ree. So Ree's first baby was six years ago up in Rockhampton. It was a cesarean section for a breach and the antenatal care, the lead up to the cesarean, the actual birth was all quite traumatic for her. And she explains exactly how that made her feel afterwards, how it showed up for her in her life. And most importantly, how she dealt with it, how she moved past it, rewrote these pathways, how she put herself first, learned to prioritize herself to in order to get herself feeling good again. So that's really, really a, such a vulnerable lesson to learn. And then um, she goes on to discuss how her and her husband both moved past the traumatic experience of the birth, how throughout this newborn baby, she has gone through such a beautiful, beautiful healing process I am just so stoked for her that things have gone how they have gone. Throughout the pregnancy, her and her husband's like super beautiful, open communication, bringing stuff up from the first babe and the first birth and how that went down, rewriting those pathways as a family is so important, not only for their own individual healing and obviously within the relationship as well, but also for the healing of her six-year-old daughter's perspective of birth and motherhood and connection and all that sort of stuff. Re going through that healing herself would be massively impacting 
her daughter's perception on birth and motherhood and things. And I'm just so stoked for the family that they've gone through this beautiful healing experience with their newborn Remy. So um, she has a VBAC with Rem and it actually has baby in the car, literally driving, like car moving. She is pushing this baby out, nowhere for her husband to pull over. How friggin' hectic is that? I would even be freaking out as a midwife, let alone as the dad at the driver's seat. So he just did a legend of a job. Um, I'm really excited for you to hear this birth story. for coming on the podcast no worries at all thank you so much for having me pleasure pleasure so do you want to start your first baby is six and then you've got your newborn ram Mm -hmm. do you want to start six and a half ish years ago when you found out you were pregnant yeah okay let's go (laughs) um so six and a half years ago we were living in a small little town called Yipu, so that's further oh, up north. Love it. Yeah. Um, so we are originally from Victoria, but we had moved up there to try something different. Um, I'd finished uni, Tim had finished his apprenticeship, um, and we decided we just wanted to get out and do something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> little course, dummy fallout. As soon as we Hello. Hey, Baba. And, um, yeah, so we then moved away. Our plan was <laughs> to work for a few years and then we were going to travel. Um, and I, in amongst that time, found out that I was actually pregnant with ah. Maya. Um, it probably wasn't as welcomed at the time. It was definitely a big surprise for us. Yeah. Um, I was 22. And Tim was, what, 23, 24? Um, so it wasn't something that we were planning on doing at that time. But yeah. we were like, okay, this is happening now for a reason. So this is what we're doing. This is our next adventure. Um, being away from family and friends probably made it really hard. We didn't have a lot of support um, mm. and being in a new place. So um, pregnancy-wise, like I am feel pretty lucky because I know there's a lot of people that struggle with being sick and that sort of thing and I love being pregnant I could be pregnant amazing all the time yeah. <laughs> um and yeah didn't really have any complications until to right towards the end um we found out the mayor was breech okay so that was probably not picked up until about 36 or 7 weeks. Okay. So the whole time they thought she was Kapalik. Yeah. So I think she... Or did you reckon she flipped? Don't know because I think I remember they had said that they reckoned that she was down at some stage. Um, But then towards the end, like you could tell that she just couldn't get all the way around because there was mornings I'd wake up and she was transverse. Yeah, um, wow. You could fully see it. Um, so there was something stopping her. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, in saying that, probably a few weeks before all of that happened, we went through a cyclone. That was when the cyclone was up in the oh, as well. Yeah. So I'd missed a lot of my appointments at the hospital just got lost um, in the care system. So I probably wasn't looked after during my pregnancy as well 
as mm-hmm. I could have been. And so being my first pregnancy, I didn't really know, had no, no idea, um, wasn't sure yeah, how many times I should have been at the hospital, touching base, writing down things in my files, that yeah. sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, when it got to that 36-week appointment and they were like, oh, yeah, your baby's breached, like we're going to, you know, try and do a, is it an ECD? ECD, yeah. yeah. we'll try and do that. Um, they kind of didn't have any idea anything leading up to it because I hadn't had any appointments. Yeah. Um, and so... When they tried to go in for the ECV and I couldn't, they reckoned that she was stuck up under my rib so there was nothing that they could do to actually turn her. Ah. Um, so when I went in, so it just didn't happen. And they also told me that I didn't have any room in my uterus so the baby, like, okay. I, like it was too tight yeah. to get her to turn. So... That didn't work. Um, so I started so looking at things. The flip. Okay. Mm-hmm. They said, no, no way, can't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at a few alternative methods. I, I'm very into holistic health mm-hmm. um, and alternatives as opposed to the medical side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was looking at chiropractic. Um, we did acupuncture, like you. a whole heap of things awesome. that they have to this try and help. Yeah. yeah, and so, um, again, none of them helped. Mm-hmm. Um, she stayed in her position where she was. And so, yeah, we weren't able to get her to turn around. So I guess the reason why I wanted her to turn is because they told me um, at that appointment was if she didn't turn, they wouldn't let me birth her naturally, like vaginally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what I was really hoping for and hoping to do. Um, And, yeah, they wouldn't support me in that. So they told me that I had to have a cesarean for that reason. Yeah. And so I think because I was told that I had to have something that I didn't want to do, it just didn't sit right with me. Yes. Um, I just remember that time being so stressful. I just was so stressed. Um, Yeah. Really hoping. <laughs> that um yeah, she would turn. Yeah. Um and just was wishing and hoping that I just didn't so I didn't have to go through the cesarean. I remember having an appointment with a really lovely um obstetrician at the hospital and he I remember him saying that he didn't usually do the appointments but for some reason that day they must have been really busy and he was and he took the time to sit with me talk me through the cesarean um talk me through my options pretty much said that if she hadn't have turned by the next week when I had another appointment they would have to schedule in the cesarean um and that was Yeah, so that's when I was trying to do all the natural Mm. stuff um, as much as possible. And he's probably the only care provider that I had at that hospital that I felt like genuinely cared about Mm -hmm. my feelings and where I was at. And the next week when I went in, I had a lady who I really struggled with. There was a language barrier I'm not sure what nationality she was, Mm. Um, but she, that was back, we had paper. So they had the paper booklet that they were filling in. 
and she looked at my booklet and was just like, why is this not filled in? What, like, where is all the information? You should have had this, you should have done that. And I just remember feeling like, I have no idea. Like I haven't no. been here. I haven't had any appointments. Like this is on you guys. You guys never called me back. Yes. Like, and yes. I was just like, what have I done wrong? Like I haven't. Why am I getting in trouble here? Yes, pretty much. And I just remember being so worked up that like she was trying to take my blood pressure and she couldn't because I like was almost like hyperventilating. She had like sent me into a panic. Yeah. And I was super lucky. Um, there was a student midwife in there on the day of my appointment. And so she was like sitting with me and calming me down and the obstetrician had gone somewhere. I'm not sure where to, I don't know, get like my book checked or something. Right. Um, and the student midwife sit, sat down with me and she was just like, are you okay? Like what's going on? Like yeah. just really took the time to see if I was okay. Cause Amazing. quite obviously physically, like I was crying, I was upset. Like yeah. I wasn't. And um, I was able to tell her that I was here. Um, like I was booking in my cesarean if, you know, the baby hadn't turned. So they yeah. needed to do the ultrasound to check and that yeah. sort of thing. And so she kind of became a bit of an advocate for me in talking to this woman because she was like, this is what I've just spoken to her. This is what she said is happening. Um, this is what we kind of need to do for her. Um, this is where she's at with her care. Yeah. Um, she just, the other lady just didn't really care awful. at all. She was awful. So awful. awful. Um, I ended up having to get my mum to come in with me because, yeah, she was close by. Um, so I got her to come in to help. I guess yeah. me feel a bit safer. Comfort, yeah. Um, and you know, comfort from the providers. Yeah. And I think the student midwife had to leave. So that's why I was like, I need to get mum in here as I needed someone yeah. else in. Um, yeah. So they did the check. She was definitely still breached. So the lady, the obstetrician, who I didn't really align with, was booking it in. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where we left it and that's where it was at um and I remember she told me she's like you need to call up on the Friday because then they book you in for the Monday or something it was super strange yeah um so when I called up on the Friday this was like I was 39 weeks now I called on the Friday and they're like oh we have no record of you needing to have a cesarean um nothing and I was kind of just like what is going on like I just kept getting thrown around to different places they're like oh maybe like I'll transfer you to these people I'll transfer you to this section and then they were like okay they were like put me on hold and they're like I'm just gonna try and find out what's going on and eventually they were like we're not really sure what's happened it doesn't look like you've actually been booked in on their elective days because I think they only had two elective days Mm. up there um for elective surgeries and so they needed to yeah that's why you had to book in and so she was like look what's gonna happen um you won't come in at a time on the monday you'll come in early tuesday morning and we'll treat it like an emergency so it'll just be on and at like a when we can do it basis so they expected me to come in at six o'clock in the morning um 
I lived in Yapoon, so I was about 35 minutes away from the hospital. Yeah. Um, so they wanted me to come in at 6 a.m. and just sit and wait around until there was a spare room ready for me to go in. So, and I had to fast all night um, and may or may not have been getting in there at 6 o'clock. So, this whole thing is so cringe. <laughs> it was wild. But how unsettling for yep. a brand new mama. How unsettling is that? It's just not the greatest start at all, no. I don't think, and journey. Um, and I guess Tim and I were both so young, we had no idea. We didn't no. really have that family support. Like mum was up with us. Um, was that since being pregnant she moved up? Yeah, yeah. only very recently towards, yeah, that end of the, like, towards when Maya was going to be born. Um so, yeah, like we just, we'd never heard about it. We just thought that this was normal. Yeah. Which is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, I think, yeah, so obviously I was like stressed all weekend yeah. thinking about what was going to happen um, and like having to go in. Um, luckily enough, on the and Monday how many night. Were you when you went in? 37 or 38? Um, at that time I was 39 weeks, 39 weeks. Okay. so they'd left it a fair mm. while. Mm. So the day that Tuesday that I was meant to go in, I was 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which I guess is good as well, because it's not like you were having, you know, bubs early by mm. because it was unhealthy. It was just because, you know, they didn't want you to vaginally birth. So kind of the longer cooking. Yes. The better than already this is going to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I don't know whether, like, this is, May is still the same. She comes whenever she feels like it. Yeah. to the sound of her own drum. And I feel like she helped me out with having to not stress about that Tuesday morning. I actually went into labour naturally on the Monday night at midnight. Wow. Um, So we were in bed. And I was just remember laying there and my waters broke or part of my waters. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, yeah. it felt like we, but yeah. not we. And it's just like, do you think that that's like the start of labor? And I was like, nah, I don't think so. And then I was like laying there for a bit longer. I was like, oh, this feels weird. And I remember having like really strange contractions, but they were just really low and dull. And it was just weird, Ooh. like lower back pain, like yeah. period pain. Yeah. And that's where I experienced my period pain. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, yeah, going into labor. It was midnight. I remember calling the hospital, letting them know that I was in labor. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's what they told me to do. Um, because I was obviously having a cesarean yeah. and had a breech baby. They were like, if your waters break or if you anything, like yeah. call us. Um, and so I think it got to about one one thirty, mm. and they, I had spoke to them and then my contraction starting to get a bit more regular and I was like, okay, I think we need to go in. So yeah. Tim and I drove in. I remember getting out of the car and literally as soon as I got out of the car in the hospital car park, my waters just fully gushed everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, Luckily, I was wearing a dress, but I was like, I had to like waddle into the emergency department. Was like front bridge, do you know, both legs up, or was one leg dangling down? She was footling. Footling, so one leg dangling mm. down. Okay. They yeah. were a bit nervous, I think, when you came 
Yeah. So then yeah. when I came in, yeah, obviously they were just like, oh, okay. Um, I don't actually even remember. So I don't know what it was like when we actually went in. But yeah. I remember being in the room. They took us into a, a like a birth suite. Um, and because I was having a cesarean, they like wanted to check me and do all of that sort of stuff to see what was happening, how far mm-hmm. dilated and everything. Um, I remember them like doing an, a, a vaginal exam initially mm-hmm. and they were like pretty much saying that they could see and feel a foot. Yes. So her foot was like right there. Um, yeah. And they had noticed that there was some meconium. Okay. So she had pooed. Um, yes. So Anything about the cord? No. Okay, good. I don't, they didn't say anything ever yeah. about the cord. Um, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and then. Right on 40 weeks. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm. I know. It doesn't happen no. much. Um, but yeah, they um, kind of just did all the things that they needed to do to prep me for surgery, essentially. Okay. So I had to have. how dilated you were? No, not at that time. Mm. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, they put, like, I had to have the fetal monitor on. So it was, it was strapped to me. I had to have a cannula put in. Um, and eventually they put a, um, catheter in as well. So, and I just remember I was having pretty intense contractions the whole time. Mm. I wasn't offered any pain relief or any support or anything for them. And like, they were like pretty hectic yeah um like and what was the plan in, for the caesar like an epidural or they don't do yeah like a spinal block yeah okay yeah. perfect yeah yeah they should have just done an epidural from the start if you're contracting yeah so yeah i i have no idea about yeah. their thought processes in any of this um yeah. they when i got my notes back it never said anything about any of this stuff Interesting. It only talked about the cesarean in the morning. So I got there, what was it, about 1.30. Um, I remember I had had that one vaginal exam, which I was like, that's okay, you need to check and mm. figure out. Like, I want to know if the baby's okay and stuff yeah, too. Yeah, totally. Um, they obviously put the monitor on to make sure that she was okay mm-hmm. um, because she had pooed. Mm. Um, and she was fine. The heartbeat and everything was all good. She mm. wasn't stressed. She was just mm-hmm. chilling. Um, so that was good. I just remember, I don't know who it was, whether they were a student. I don't think it was a student. I think it was just someone who was incompetent. They tried to put my cannula in and it took them three turns because they couldn't get it in. And it went from one hand to the other, to the back to the other. Um, and I think that's where like, oh, my stress started even more. Um, because I guess we felt we were meant to trust these people yeah and then I and they feel kept like my trust over time and time yes again. just had gone um and I remember them wanting to do another vaginal exam at some stage um and they the ladies had come in and they wanted to check and I was like having contractions at the same time and I told them no and that it was so painful Can and I they mean? just did it anyway and they just did it anyway no way <laughs> yeah I so like I remember they like arms. left me in the bed like I was in, I was in pain because I couldn't move and because I couldn't, like I had to be on my back with all the everything attached, yeah. um, for the benefit of 
them really prepping me for literally surgery they could have absolutely allowed you to move they just it's they just didn't for them yeah and I also probably just didn't feel like I had a voice yeah um because I feel like no one listened to me during my care nah. and like I just feel like the experience was all built up and I just felt like what was yeah. the point in saying anything because no one's listening to what I want that's or so true what's going on for me um that's such a true concept how we treat you throughout your antenatal period sets the boundaries for how you expect your birth to be yeah definitely that's crazy yeah can I pause for a moment yeah. before we get into the birth during pregnancy leading up to so at the start you were saying it was like a big you know, mental shift to get into having a baby. What did you do throughout the pregnancy in regards to physical preparation, mental preparation? Was there anything along the lines of that? Um, yes and no. So I think deep down I really wanted to do hypnobirthing. Mm. But Tim and, and I... knew about it at the time. Yeah, Tim and I weren't in the financial position mm-hmm. to do it. Mm. Um. So we didn't. Um, I was seeing a chiropractor regularly to help great. with body That's and great. everything. Um, and, but, yeah, other than that, no. Mm. I feel like I was the first out of all of my friends to have a baby. Yes. Um, it's a tricky position to be in. Yeah, and my mum had me when she was quite young, and I feel like, what I know now, I did I did no preparation and was not supported in preparing in any yeah. way. Like no one really told us that this is what you should do. Like we went to the hospital and did the hospital yeah. um, education things, mm-hmm. which I look back now and just think that they're ridiculous because, I mean, they're just like, this is the pain that you'll be in and this is your pain. This is the things we'll pull yeah. your baby out with. Like yeah. and the options of, you know, the drugs. Um, Mm. and then that sort of thing. Um, and I just used to sit at home and watch documentaries and like all this stuff. Um, because I was still like envisioning and really hoping for this vaginal birth. Cool. And because I didn't know right until the end that she was breached and that I couldn't do it. Uh, Um, yeah, yeah, I think when it got to then, I was just like, you're kidding. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, fair call. Yeah. Fair call, fair call. And your mind just slowly got around the fact, both of yours, about the fact that you're having a baby. Yeah, I feel yeah. like pretty early we both, like initially we were like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then probably after like a month or so we had processed that and we're like, okay, this is happening. This yeah. is what we're doing. We're doing this together. Yeah. We're a team. Sick. We got this. Good on you. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Okay, cool. So back to – birth yet so then they did that awful exam unconsented yeah unconsensual yeah so they pretty much left me in the bed to labor Mm -hmm. all night they pretty much told us that they weren't calling in anyone to do like the emergency cesarean anytime soon they were waiting closer to the morning so that they didn't have to like have the on-call people come in like overnight and I just remember. But then you're still on the emergency list for the daytime. So yeah. What, what yeah. was the difference? I don't know. To be honest, I feel like it had to do with 
pay and yeah. not wanting to pay people yeah like you know the anesthetist the obstetrician like the surgeon whoever like to Cringe. to come in on those night yeah. hours like to pay them their rate That's so, <laughs> so they just shit. left me there all night and I just remember feeling so alone so isolated like I was crying to myself like because they were pretty much just like try and get some sleep and I was like are you fucking kidding me oh my gosh um, and how is Tim it was it's Tim isn't it yeah how is he through all this because he would obviously have no idea either no um I think he really struggled um although at the time probably wasn't able to verbalize that very yeah. well he when he is confronted with a stressful situation used to shut down yeah and so I think he just shut down so he didn't feel like he had a voice or could say anything to advocate for me either Mm -hmm. and I think because we both just had no idea we were like is this what it's meant to be like this is our experience yeah this is wild um I just remember he sat next to me the whole time and held my hand but even though he was there I still just felt yeah alone yeah exactly um yeah, so I got to about, I don't know when it was, like maybe five in the morning or whatever, they were starting to get everything sorted and ready. I remember I got taken to um, like the surge room um, and Tim obviously couldn't come in while they were prepping me for surgery, so he had to go and like get scrubbed up and okay. whatever. Um, so when I went through, my contractions would have been so close together. I honestly think I would have had Maya like yeah if I had like been able to move been in in a position I honestly would have done it because I was so close like I couldn't sit still while they were trying to put the spinal block in me because I had to sit on the very cold bench and I just remember I could not sit still and they're like you need to sit still it's like I cannot I am in active labor I'm probably seven centimeters dilated right now yeah there's a foot hanging out of my cervix yeah pretty much oh my like gosh and so but as soon as they got the spinal block in like I just remember everything stopped yeah like I didn't feel anything like it was just weird sensation uh, yeah so weird and then yeah I was on the table and like Tim came in and I finally felt like that I was like oh, I'm okay again because he's here mm-hmm. and then yeah just I just remember from the actual cesarean there was so much like pressure and pushing and moving of my body and I just it was yeah I hated it it was such a terrible like feeling and you know what your babe was probably very deep in the pelvis because it's been pushed down for however many hours yeah they're always harder cesareans because they have to like get it out of the pelvis Yeah. yeah so yeah and then it was about 6 17 a.m Mays was born and yeah we have in we have some really amazing photos that our anesthetist took for us he was fantastic he was really great because he was up with us i know they always are so cool we have so many good (laughs) stories from so many people yeah but he was like yeah give me a phone i'll take some photos he was like to tim like do you want to go and cut the cord like do you want to be involved and tim's like oh i think if i go on that side of the thing i will faint so (laughs) let's not do that and he's like yep good call we don't need uh, someone else on a bed yes exactly (laughs) and so yeah, I remember like they wrapped her up and put her up on us and like instantly like 
cried because I was like, oh my God, this is like yes. amazing, overwhelming, crazy. Like this yes. is beautiful. This is what we're here for. And kind of everything kind of melted away. Um, but then Tim and Maya had to leave and then obviously, you know, they're doing all the stitch up. Did they? That's interesting. Mm. Okay. So they were there for a bit and then they had to take Maya and do her measurements and stuff while Tim was really? with me. Um, and then I don't remember exactly when, but they were like, he was gone probably for 20 minutes towards the end of when mm. they were stitching me up. Well, Each hospital does it Apparently they weren't allowed to be in there at that time. Only for the, yeah. Only for the sake of the hospital, there's no need for them to not be there. Yeah. You know. So they were put out. It's funny talking to Tim about this now. Like he's like, I wasn't even put in a room or somewhere. Like, you know, we weren't taken to the maternity ward or, you know, the room that they were preparing for you. He was kind of sitting in a random halfway zone section where people were like working in the hospital were walking past he was just sitting in a chair and they like I had been lucky enough to get some colostrum out so they like had said to him like if you know if she needs any like if she starts to cry whatever like let us know we'll grab the colostrum for you but they pretty much just yeah like wrapped Maya up sent Tim out and just like oh yeah just sit here and he was just like, and Maya was what? with Tim, or he was, yeah, yeah, with this brand new baby at like twenty three, just thinking, what the fuck do I do? Yeah, pretty much. And like, uh, no one really came to like check and see if he was okay or like if everything was all good or whatever. Um, he just kind of like, yeah, like was just sitting there, just like, oh my god, this is wow. weird. But probably didn't really think about at the time that it was super weird. Like yeah. he was just like, oh, yeah, like I'll just sit here with the baby while they're like stitching <laughs> Rhea up and then we'll go up when she's finished. Yeah. And then I had to go to recovery for an hour. Yeah. So I was there by myself again and all I just wanted, I wanted. No, not at all because I asked so and they said silly. no. And they were like, no, you're not allowed to have anyone in here. So silly. I hate these stupid rules that are there just for the sake of being there. Pretty much. And then – I don't remember if I met Tim up there in like birth, like in the maternity ward or what. Yeah, I think so. I think like he must have been taken to the room that I was eventually like coming into, but he yeah. wasn't there much before me. Yeah. Um, we were lucky we got our own room. Good. Which was nice for a public hospital. So it was a little that is room. Very nice. Um, so we could just be in there ourselves. Um, but yeah, and that's kind of the story we had like a couple of really horrible midwives as well on the day she was born who like came in and like were just like why haven't you done this why are they why is she only wearing a singlet and a nappy like where's her onesie like put this on her like like, and we were just like we don't know we haven't had a baby before like we're doing what we can And, and she was like why aren't you breastfeeding why have you done this yet and we're like no like Stop getting mad at me. Just came back from a cesarean. Like, what the hell? Yeah. And so we were like, oh, my God. And then after she obviously went off shift at some stage, um, from then on we had really, really lovely people who would come and help. And all the night ladies were really awesome. Thank goodness. But I also feel like it made me feel like I couldn't ask anyone for help. Yeah. Because it didn't matter what we had done throughout, you know, the pregnancy, through the birth, through being in yes. their hospital, 
I just felt like no one was actually going to help me. So I was like, don't ask anyone for help. I'll do it all myself. I just remember being so tired because I was up like all night. Like, oh, I was up like that whole Monday, obviously went into labor at like the midnight, didn't really sleep. And then was still just awake, like on that whole Tuesday. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So true. I can't believe that. Some some people need to retire. You can't do this job. Yeah. And you're cranky. Yeah. And you're over it. Definitely. So I feel like we had lots of unfortunate experiences with a lot of people in that system um, at Rocky. Um, And... It's funny, I had an appointment with the obstetrician when I was having Remy, so for our second birth, mm. she had said that she'd been up to Rockhampton um, only for the six months prior. And she said it's definitely gotten better up there, but they've still got a long way to go. Actually, and I was just like, oh. have had births at Rocky and, and they said similar stories to yourself, just not great experiences. It's Yeah, it's really... That's not a good name to have. No. <laughs> when you went to and helping women people. Birthing at Rockhampton, if you're listening, don't be scared. Just get a private midwife and you'll be fine. 100%. Yeah. 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 Even if you have a hospital birth with a private midwife. Yeah. You'll be fine. Definitely. Someone to advocate. Or do heaps of education so that you and your hubby can stand up. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Interesting. So how long were you in hospital? How was your recovery from the Caesar? Um, we were meant to be in there for three days. That was their mandatory 72-hour need mm. to stay in for checks. I discharged myself early, not completely early, but they wanted me to stay an extra night. Mm. Um, and I was just, I was like, I need to go home. I, yeah, I yeah, haven't slept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been, you know, waking me up every four hours, doing mm-hmm. all the checks, all the things. We're fine. Yeah. We're going home. Yeah. Good on you. Um, so technically, yeah, I discharged myself early and had to sign papers like a naughty yeah. kid. <laughs> um, and good on you though. Yeah. It was, yeah, like, we think back to that time with Maya and I think we have suppressed so much of her newborn time. Yeah. I think just from that wild experience, having no debrief or understanding of why things happened the way they did. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we really struggled in Maya's newborn phase. Yeah. Um, I eventually found out that I had postnatal depression Mm. um, and anxiety as a result of having post-traumatic stress from the experience and the way that I was made to feel during the birth, you know, and being at the hospital in general. Um, My... I recovered pretty well from the cesarean. I think it was about that six weeks where I felt okay i did get an infection in my like wound side oh really um it just got a little bit weepy yeah nothing major i just had some antibiotics and it kind of just oral yes yeah yeah and then it went away cool um so yeah like everything was pretty good good from that perspective good um and breastfeeding how'd that go yeah i wasn't able to breastfeed for very long so Maya was quite a I'm not sure what the best word is she was not content 
She was mm-hmm. um, pretty, like she cried all the time. Yeah. She hardly slept. Um, and I don't know whether that's got to do with the way that I was feeling, Tim was feeling. I think it was probably a combination of everything. Um, so because there were such high levels of stress, I don't think my milk supply was there as totally. well as it could have been if yeah. I'd been supported. Um, yeah. And I didn't really have any support in helping me get like breastfeeding going yeah. um, as well as it could have been before I left. Like I did have a couple of nice midwives who helped out, yeah. but I really wish I'd known more about like lactation consultants yes. and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, and I feel like I didn't get the information to like, be able to find those services either. Yeah. I remember I had spoken on the phone a couple of times to the Breastfeeding Association yeah. um, and those ladies were really helpful. Um, but, yeah, I think Maya had a mild tongue tie and it kind of her latch wasn't fantastic mm. and it probably got worse over time and probably around... I'd say like the nine or 10 week mark, we found out that she actually had a lactose intolerance problem as well. Mm. Um, Funnily enough, the GP that I was seeing just told us, told me to stop eating dairy and then it would be fine. And I kind of laughed at her because I was like, you do realize that like breast milk naturally has lactose in it, like quite high amounts of lactose. So even if you stop eating dairy yourself, yeah. Yeah, like breast milk, milk is fully lactose. So I was kind of like, do you even understand what you're saying anyway? Um, so I kept pushing, I remember, to say like, look, like, you know, she's not content, she's not happy, she's grizzly, she's got pains in the tummy, this isn't working, it's not just me getting rid of dairy, like something has got to give. And during this time, Maya probably wasn't putting on weight either. So Mm -hmm. she was like putting on tiny amounts, if not plateauing most of the time. So that was pretty stressful as well, um, that they were kind of teetering on the edge of calling her failure to thrive. Mm. Um, And then so the GP was like, oh, just, you know, give her formula, like give her her some formula as a top up to see how you go. Um, without any education on what top up even means for someone who hasn't even had a baby. Like I was just like, I don't really know. Like, am I giving them a whole bottle, half, whatever? Um, And so I think it was around that time that we started giving her the formula because we just got anyone. I remember it was a Nan one and it was, I think the lactose in that was so harsh on her body that like her screaming crying her soreness in her tummy like she was bleeding in her poos it was so bad wow so I went back to the GP and I was like this is her nappy test it like this is a prop like this is not okay this is not what it's meant to be like (laughs) no and she eventually was like oh yes okay you know she does have a problem I'll give you a script like let's put her on a lactose free formula and like you're good to go and as soon as we put her on this lactose free formula everything changed interesting she was content sleeping like was just a totally different baby was happy and we just couldn't believe it 
Poor Bubba just had such a sore tummy for that whole time. Yeah, like at least wow. eight to nine weeks. That's the thing is that we can't just label these babies as like, oh, they're sookie babies or they're difficult or whatever. Like there's mm. a reason, you know, they're not intentionally just being grumpy. No, you know, they're not trying at to all. communicate something. With That's us. exactly right. But I just I didn't know. And I was yeah. like, why are you crying so much? Like yeah. this is not like what it's meant to be like or is it like you know I know that babies cry but yeah yeah no I totally hear you Mm. it's so hard to know that balance yes yeah Yeah, it is seeking help and and saying no I know this isn't right yeah that's really hard to do yeah definitely so yeah well that was yeah how many finally got that sorted um probably about 10 yeah 10 or 11 weeks yeah fully formula fed then yeah yeah from then on and I remember having like feelings of being feeling really guilty and like letting her down because I'm probably more so in myself. I felt bad because I couldn't breastfeed and I'd already felt like from the birth that because I couldn't birth her and then now I couldn't feed her. Like I was really struggling with those feelings of like, and I was like, am I not being a good enough mum? Like, yeah. am I not? Why can't I do this? Aren't these natural things that mums are meant to be able to do or like, yeah, so I was really struggling with those sorts of things. Um, it was really difficult. Yeah, and as, like, time progressed, um, there were probably snippets of my mental health wasn't great at mm-hmm. all. Um, but, again, we were kind of failed by the system up there. Um, I did go to the GP and get a mental health care plan and um, went to a psychologist this I don't know what this psychologist did every time I went there but I was never actually diagnosed with postnatal Uh depression or anxiety or anything um, Mm. until we came to the Sunshine Coast when Maya was Mm. two and they were like how is this not being picked up interesting and so I had seen someone yeah probably from when Maya was about four months old good on you for seeking that how how did she make you feel even though they didn't diagnose you how did they make you feel in the sessions I don't really remember mm-hmm. I feel like so much of our time in Nippoon has just been pushed away somewhere yeah. in a filing cabinet never to be revisited ever again yeah <laughs> um yeah and yeah I Definitely not like what I feel like when I go to psychologists now. Cool. Like, in a, it never in a good way to now, negative to back then. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like I remember just going back there and we'd talk about kind of like the days and the weeks and because I guess for me I was someone who appeared to be quite well and yeah. like keeping up those appearances. I didn't want people to think that there was anything wrong or no. Um, yeah, it was pretty easy to put on a mask, but then yeah. it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know whether she just wasn't actually like delving deeper into where we needed to go and yeah. doing her actual job and was just, it yeah. felt very surface level. Yes. I've had a girlfriend that says the exact same where she went to a psychologist, yeah, put that mask on, didn't mm. want to show that vulnerability and they just so get, they get so falsely Ah, you're fine then. Mm. Okay, don't worry about it. How's your day? It's interesting though because it's like, why else would I be coming to see you? Yes. This is your job. I'm coming to you because I'm your 
to me well. Yeah. Just because I don't like talking about it straight up. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. So then what happened after that? You started seeing one at four months and how was the rest of your time in your room? Um, Just like day-to-day sort of. Yeah, day-to-day stuff. Um, we ended up having to move out of our rental. We moved in with my mum and her partner to a bigger house and it saved us like a lot of money with rent and that sort of thing. So it helped us out because financially that was also a trigger for a lot of my stress and anxiety as well because Tim was obviously working to support us yeah um and he was working quite a lot which probably didn't help either so I feel like I yeah again was quite alone and isolated because he just thought that he needed to provide and to support yeah. us and, you know, the financial thing. If we didn't have money, like, we couldn't really, you know, afford to live. So yeah. he was doing that. So when we moved in with mum, that was really helpful. Um, I ended up finding a really good friend um, who had a baby around the same time and we'd met oh. just at, like, a story time thing, like, at the yeah. library. And we ended up hanging out pretty much, I would say, every day. Epic. So, oh, isn't that the best? Yeah, and we're still really, really good friends now. They live in Brisbane, um, and the girls are like sisters. They've grown up together. Amazing. And yeah, we always keep in touch. So, it's been yeah. I think yeah. That Cody was an absolute godsend. <laughs> oh, and I think for her too. We both probably were in you know pretty crappy yeah. times of our lives and yeah. we just both came along at the right time for us. So, so great. Things seem to get a lot better and brighter. Yeah. Um, yeah, when Amazing. around that time. Um, and then, yeah, it was probably like May was about 18 months old and then we decided things in Yapoon weren't really working for us. Um, the work had kind of dried up till Tim's a builder um, yeah. and there was a big boom there but it had kind of finished and so – we weren't quite ready to go home, um, like back to Victoria. We yeah. decided, you know, we've made the move. We may as well stay mm-hmm. up this way. And we'd been to the Sunshine Coast on a holiday and we decided we're going to come here because it's the best Amazing. of both worlds. Yeah. Um, and at this stage you guys still hadn't fully dealt with stuff. No. Yeah. No, yeah. Nothing at all really, I feel like. Yeah. Looking back. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny how – you can hold all this inside you and just kick on with life yep. day to day and it's just lingering for ages. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think for me in that time, I just thought that that was a normal part of be- becoming a mum. Yeah. And that's what your experience is meant to be like. And mm. and I, I just remember seeing like some people, there was like some mums from another like group they were all quite a bit older than me but I remember they would all get together and all they'd want to talk about is their babies and I would just be like I mean I love Maya and I love her to death but I was like I don't want to talk about her 24 7 and you know how many poos she's done and all the wet nappies and like oh my god how amazing they are I was like can we talk about like some actual substance like each other or something that's not our babies yeah yeah so I just felt like an alien and yeah. like I just wasn't I don't know doing what I was supposed to be doing yeah wasn't working properly yeah <laughs> somehow yeah yeah mm. isn't that interesting 
Isn't that interesting? So then you moved to Sunny Coast at 18 yep. months old. Yeah. Yep. So Maze is 18 months old. Um, we Tim found a job, so he was building. He found some epic people to work for, which was so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I had decided I needed to go back to work, so I oh, I missed a little detail. Mm-hmm. I actually had started studying teaching while Maya was ah, one. Cool. So that and you were already afterwards. a nutritionist at this time. Yeah. 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 So I was studying teaching. Um, that year May turned one in the year we moved here. Um, but again, I had some issues with pracs and the teachers not being fantastic. And yeah. Um, so when we moved down here, I was meant to do my last prac so that I could finish. <laughs> Bit of a bomb. Oh, God. We've just had a bomb. We're okay. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah. So we had had. I was doing that. So I was meant to finish my last teaching prac and I would have been a qualified teacher so that I could teach. Um, but that didn't go to plan. And I had a really horrible lady and a horrible experience. I feel like a lot of time of this time of my life was just having lots of terrible experiences. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, she pretty much said she wasn't going to pass me um, wow. because I wasn't teaching the way she wanted me to teach. Uh, she was very old school. Yes. She was about 60 at the time. My way And I had to teach, yeah, and I had to teach things that that's what I wasn't there for. Yeah. So um, I ended up deciding to leave from there and, you know, it was actually quite interesting. The lady who um, liaisons with, like, the practice, teachers yeah she sat me down one day and she's like are you okay like is everything okay like you got stuff going on at home and I just remember breaking into tears and just being like ah yeah like I've been finally diagnosed with postnatal depression and anxiety and I guess I've probably been trying to keep this mask up for so long that I didn't want it and I mean it didn't affect my teaching but in a way it did because my confidence had been Shot to shit. Um, And probably your focus isn't there when you're always second-guessing yourself about other stuff, I find. Yeah. So I couldn't fully back myself because of that reason. So, And she was like, yeah, okay, like we can support you in what you want to do. Like Mm -hmm. you just let us know. And I was like, okay, I'm stepping away because this is obviously not working. Um, And, yeah, so I decided I was like, I just need to get a job. I think like the financial thing was probably getting to me more than anything. I was like, I just need a job again, just something that I can go to, come home, not Mm -hmm. have to worry about anything. Um, And I couldn't find a bloody job. Yeah. You know, I had a couple of interviews, um, just couldn't get one. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of when the idea for Maze the Label kind of started coming and I'd already started doing some things for that like the I guess the background work and the bones of it um and then eventually I ended up having a my final I ended up starting I'll go back to doing teaching yes and I did my final prac and that's where I got a job and I had worked there for the last five years amazing yeah so it all kind of worked out in the end but I obviously had some healing and stuff to do and working through with the psychologists and yeah um I ended up finding a really awesome naturopath great um so I was working a lot with her 
And we'd found that I guess a lot of the reasons of why I was feeling the way I was was because of my gut and brain imbalance um, and my hormonal imbalance and all my neurotransmitters were all out, which obviously is all signs of mental illness and it had to do with being depleted from Mm -hmm. probably pregnancy and um, postnatally with Maya. Mm. Um, And so that was really interesting, I guess, for me to understand that it wasn't actually something wrong with me. Yes. It was that you just needed some support yes. to help get you back to where you were. Absolutely. Um, and then I remember once I'd started doing that, I just felt like a new person again. Yes. I felt like I could do it and I was, oh, yeah. Amazing. Can that I was ask, awesome. what sort of symptoms did you get with the anxiety and the depression? Um, I guess it's all kind of different. Mm. So... My anxiety, like I used to stress about everything, Um, especially when you had a new baby. I would be so worried about, I was like really hypervigilant, like in terms of, you know, are they okay? Can I leave them there? I used to get some pretty intrusive thoughts as well. Um, And we lived in like a high set home. Um, It had stairs down the back and I would always be like, oh my God, can you imagine if I'd like just trip down these stairs while I'm holding her or like what happens if I like, you know, fall and she falls down, like just crazy shit that would never happen, but you just are thinking about it. Totally. So then you're hypervigilant to then overcompensate for those things that you're like, oh my God, they're probably never going to happen. But for some reason right now. Yeah. You're so scared of it happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was like the anxiety stuff. And then... um, with the depression I feel like it has a lot to do with like having a low self-esteem lack of confidence Mm -hmm. um not being in alignment with my intuition because so many other people had told me that you know you can't trust yourself in a way because um and I remember there were days when Maya was quite little, Tim would come home and I'd just be sitting on the couch crying for no reason yeah. and just be so upset. And he'd be like, yeah. what's wrong? And I was like, I just don't know everything. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. he's probably wondering, is this normal for any mum? I assume yeah. so. Yeah. None of his friends have, like, got wives that have had babies either. So no, that's right. It is just really tricky, yeah. I think that's all just really good things to express because there's so many mums and, like, at the time as well, you, you were 22, you said, hey, like, yep. I don't know, there's some confident 22-year-olds, but I definitely wasn't that confident back then. You're not able to stand up for yourself and be bold and, you know, have trust in yourself and your intuition and what you feel is right. So I just think it's so important to share those like symptoms at that. You don't have to be experiencing that. Like, yeah, you don't have definitely. To. Not, it can be normal, but it, like, it's not, you know, it can be helped as well. You don't have to just deal with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what did you then do um, with the naturopath and the psych to help get back on track with that? Um, so I used to have, pretty regular sessions with the psychologist. I think I was seeing her probably once every fortnight or three weeks initially. Um, And then with the naturopath, she, I did a few tests like blood tests um, and like urine and feces and stuff. And she like Mm. did a whole heap of tests and kind of 
had a care plan going forward for me. So I kind of had to heal my gut, my Mm. gut lining because of the constant chronic stress that Mm -hmm. I had been under for the past two years. Um, My body was just depleted. My adrenals were off the charts. Like everything just needed nourishment essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And so initially it was with supplements. Like there was this crazy herbal liquid that I used to call like my liquid gold. It tasted horrendous it was but oh my god it just I always used to feel like at that point in time I was so up and down yeah but when I was having that I was kind of like running on neutral and things wouldn't get to me as easily and like I wouldn't be as irritated or stressed out about things I could so reactive yeah definitely yeah love that um so that was really good and then yeah, the next thing was probably like looking at diet and um, having like a diet that was probably like richer in, you know, lots of vegetables and different herbs and things that were really good for killing off, you know, um, bad bacteria that had built up and, you know, kind of creating an environment so that it was, yeah, ready to thrive. Instead Did you of, have to do like a full cleanse to get you started and then just maintenance or was it like just a bit of a shift in your lifestyle and stuff but not necessarily like a, a gut um, cleanse or such? No, I don't think I ever had to do like a full gut cleanse. I yeah. remember having to repair like lining and stuff because I had leaky gut. So I don't know if oh, anyone yes. feels like a lot of those depressive symptoms that people experience and even I can also be because of leaky gut so you could always start there as well um yeah so I had to I never had to do a full detox as such yeah but it was definitely like you know limit like gluten dairy sugar um sugar yeah alcohol those sorts of things and yeah really kind of focus on high vibe yeah fruits and veggies and that sort of thing yeah um fermented goods and yeah yeah. and at that time I also found a lady who was a kinesiologist so she had just actually started doing her degree and was looking for people to just come so she could practice on them Mm. and I remember this was on a Facebook community group and she just put it out and she was kind of like you know donate your money Mm -hmm. towards it like there's no set price like you just kind of pay me what you think because obviously she was practicing and yeah it was awesome and I still see her now like to this day and yeah so I've kind of like been with her throughout her whole of her training and then like as her business has grown and thrived and still see her so that was really really helpful um especially coupled with like the naturopath and seeing the psych because I guess the people who aren't familiar with kinesiology, it's kind of like muscle testing. It's kind of like having a conversation with your body to find out what your body needs. Interesting. Um, Yeah, in a bit more of a direct way. That's a really good way of explaining kinesiology because it's always been a bit woohoo to explain. It is woohoo-y. Yeah. (laughs) Very woohoo. I love the (laughs) woohoo. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was really helpful because, yeah, then I could like, a lot of what was happening with the naturopath was aligning with what was going on in the kinesiology session. So I knew that I was kind of on the right track and could double check. Um, And also with the kinesiologist, she helped me release a lot of 
feelings and emotions and stagnant stuff that just needed to be dealt with even things from like childhood and whatever yeah so that was really helping with the psychologist stuff so that then I could go back and like when I'd go in and be like look this has come up for me this week can we talk about this yes whereas I guess initially in those first few appointments with the psychologist back in Yapoon I I didn't know what to talk about no (laughs) and she wasn't drawing it out of you no no, no. Is... Yeah, so that really, mm. really helped. And I also started exercising quite frequently again. Epic. And that really helped as What's well. exercise? I was doing boot camp, actually. Yeah, that so was, training is so yeah, good It was for our so amazing. And it was like on Alex Hill overlooking the amazing. ocean. Amazing. It was beautiful. It was quite nice. I'll go for a nice dip after. That's fantastic for the mental health. Yeah, yes. definitely. Love that. I, you know what I love is that even though you were saying, you know, money was a stressor at the time, you obviously still prioritized your own well-being because that stuff, like, adds up. It I does. love doing that stuff and I definitely struggle to spend the money on it. Yes. But it is so important to prioritize it. Good it on so you for is. doing that. Yeah. Above and whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Tim cringes now when I say anything about the naturopath. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm very lucky that the lady that I had saw, um, like, she knew I was very committed to wanting to, you know, fix whatever I needed to fix Um, and they offered payment plans and that sort of thing that was tailored to suit you. So I was very grateful for that um, at that time, definitely. Good on you for prioritizing that. That is huge. That is huge. Yeah. Yeah, that's often the hardest part. How was Tim throughout that process? Like did he kind of understand, I guess, how you were feeling was he like supportive of the process or kind of like oh you just do what you want to do yeah he was um when because when we had like before we left Yapoon we were living with mum and then when we just moved here we were living with her as well cool um and I think at the time we probably weren't getting along very well mm-hmm. either. Um, and it wasn't until we had moved out away from them into our own space that Tim probably realised how much that situation, our living situation, was contributing to the way that I was feeling as wow. well. And so he was kind of like, yeah, look, you've got to do whatever you've got to do to make yourself feel better to get yeah. better to do whatever so he was very supportive so you were living with your your mom and yeah. you, di- it, you didn't really enjoy that situation um it was it was pretty good initially like financially it really helped us out yeah um but looking back I just don't think it was really great for our relationship yeah um because total sense. I wasn't the kid anymore yeah like I had, I was the mother as well and I'd had my own child. Yes. So I think that dynamic changed a lot. Um, and yeah, we had some really amazing times definitely, but towards the end, like it had run its course and we needed yeah. our own space and like, yeah. Tim and I needed our own house yeah. to become our own family. Yeah. Um, 100%. And as hard as it was to d- make that decision to move out and to leave, it to was, take on that financial burden. Yeah, it was the best thing we could have done Good for on you. everyone's relationship. Yeah. Um, and my Good mental health, you. definitely. So Good on yeah. you. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Definitely. 
So, um, cool. So then he was all for you getting, getting all the, all the goods done, all the services and stuff to get better. Great. How long do you reckon it took you from when you moved to the sunny coast till you felt you again, till you felt good? Um, I would say it was probably when I had started with the naturopath, to be honest. So when do we move? It was probably like, I would say six months. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So we moved in the October and it was about the March when I started with the naturopath and all the kinesiology and psych stuff. So, yeah. So good. Yeah. It was about that time. And that was when it all coincided with us having our own space too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the kind of things just seemed to get a bit better from there. Yeah. Was there a moment where you and him had to have some big conversations about the birth and how you both felt and, or didn't really need to happen? I feel like we probably did. Um, I think Tim and I probably constantly talked about it and especially when I was seeing the psychologist and they were like, look you know, this is certain things that have probably come up for you because of these reasons. And I'd go home and say, oh, yeah, like we talked about this today. Yeah. Like, And Tim would be like, yeah, I guess like that really affected us in this way or whatever. Yeah, great. That's great that he was open to it. Good on him. Um, but, yeah, probably wasn't until just before we had Remy that he really spoke about it right. a lot more. Or we both had a pretty, some pretty big conversations about it. So good. All right. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into Remy's pregnancy and how yes. that went about. Yeah. Um, so we had been here on the coast. <laughs> Looking at the big black microphone in front yeah. of her thinking, what the um, We had probably decided um, when May was about five, like in prep, mm. that we were probably ready to have another baby after yeah. we had decided I feel like we felt, yeah, we were in a good place. We'd done a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd been seeing, like, couples counselor and that sort good of thing as well you. to just, like, air out our shit Absolutely. and to just, like, work on us yes. individually and, um, like, together. Love that. So people think you have to be, like, breaking up to see a couples counselor. And, like, me and my partner have seen one too. And I remember he was very resistant at the first thinking, what's wrong? Yeah. What's going on? I was like, nothing. I just think it'd be nice. Like, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I don't know why, or if it's just me. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. It's a funny concept, but I'm all for couples counseling. It's great. Oh, I think they're so good. Yeah. I think there's definitely nothing wrong with psychologists of any no. kind. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. Better yeah. than the GP. I think sometimes. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, so we have been doing that and we yeah, decided we were going to, we wanted to try for another baby. Um, and Tim actually was in a really, really bad accident um, probably around the time that we had kind of just decided that we wanted to. Um, it was a boating accident. Um, so he was in hospital for 10 days. He had like his skull had been like shaved off in certain parts. He had to get plates in it Um, and he was like cut up all down his back. It was pretty crazy. Um, It was, yeah, it was super duper stressful. Um, And so we just felt pretty helpless, like seeing 
like him go through that. So that kind of brought out a whole lot more things that we probably needed to heal and deal with and go through. Um, And, yeah, like we had been trying for a baby that probably we obviously weren't in the right it wasn't the right time. It didn't yeah. align for us for a lot of that that stuff that was going yeah. on for us and our family. Um, I had started going to acupuncture and was doing that consistently cool. to try and help and With get hormones. the fertility yeah. things all happening. Um, I find that's really good for it. Yeah. And I like nothing was really happening. I was having to do like the testing. I don't know you're familiar with acupuncture stuff like you do the um like the temperature testing so you Ah. check your temperature like every day oh your your actual temperature um no so you actually have to check your temperature like vaginally oh my gosh I've not heard of that um and what's that for is that for ovulation and things yeah or you can just like put it yeah or whatever and yes to check for when you're actually ovulating yes. to make sure that you know your cycles are happening and then it's actually working and that sort of thing. Because I have heard of that for ovulation but I've never heard about it vaginally however I imagine that'd be the most accurate reading about yeah. the temperature so you of your to actual to uterus. get some like tested like, just to check and make sure that you know that's when you are actually ovulating. Um, anyway so yeah the ones so I'd have to do them but then I'd also do like the oral ones yeah. as well and you'd have to write it down every day and it was just getting like so crazy and stressful and I was like this is too much. Yes. Like, this is just a lot. Totally. Um, Tracking ovulation and fertility is so stressful. Yeah. And I feel like it was becoming a chore. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't fun anymore. No. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I was working full-time um, teaching and that just was taking up a lot of my time inside school, outside of school and a lot of my brain capacity. Um, And I just was feeling like things weren't quite right. I wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing. I wasn't aligned with where I was at. So I made the decision to actually leave because I knew deep down that it was because of the constant chronic like the stress that I yes. was under from my stress job our bodies hugely especially with maternity. yeah and I just kind of knew that if we wanted this to happen I needed to needed to go right there so um cute. and literally as soon as I quit we flew home back to Victoria to visit family because we hadn't seen anyone because yeah. of COVID for a couple of years yeah um and we were super lucky to get home over Easter and we I quit we went home we came back probably like three weeks later I found out that I was pregnant oh my gosh it literally all just happened as soon as it was meant to that's crazy isn't it (laughs) isn't that crazy love that it is so crazy so yeah Remy's pregnancy compared to Maya's pregnancy was just so much more calm and relaxing um and I think the fact that Tim and I went through the experience we did with Maya we knew what we didn't want to happen this time yeah um so I was super fortunate to get into the midwifery group practice um 
So we had Bethan and she was amazing. And oh, she's lovely. Yeah, yeah, she was a really good advocate for um, supporting us in the decisions that we wanted and what we didn't want to happen. Yes. Um, and we were in a good financial position, obviously now being a little bit older and having worked for a, like a few more years full time and that yeah. sort of thing. Um, we made the decision to definitely do some hypnobirthing. So cool. we went through Joy Mama. Great. Um, we went through Carrie and she was incredible. Good on you. Yeah. How was that experience? Loved it? Yeah, absolutely yeah. loved it. Like I really enjoyed it and I think like Tim would even say that he loved it even more. Epic. Um, I think he just felt like he was prepared in a way he had the tools. He knew what he needed to do to help support me and yeah. Even though it's the unknown and you don't know what's going to happen on the yeah. day, he felt like he was in a good position to be able to support me. Because no matter what happens, he can always support you. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Like, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so it was really, really good. And I would honestly recommend to anyone who's doubting whether they do it or not, like it's just an a non-negotiable like, yeah it's a necessity and I wish our hospitals offered it here like they do in the UK as yeah that's their form of childbirth like childbirth education through the hospital so it's free wow um that's awesome yeah it'll be so nice if one day yeah we can we can get there too yeah um but yeah there's lots of people who we know who have had babies and it's been their first and they've gone through, you know, hypnobirthing or carry or whatever, and yeah. they've just had such an epic experience so because good. of being educated and informed and empowered. Yeah. Mm. So good. Really good. That's amazing. So what sort of conversations popped up for you and Tim during this pregnancy? Um, we did a lot of a lot of communicating about the things that had happened prior so with Maya um and I guess we kind of dealt with the trauma of those things um so I was lucky enough as well to be on like a six month um uh, program I guess you say with Cara my um kinesiologist whilst I was pregnant so each month we would catch up and have a um session and we'd be able to talk through all the things that were coming up and the self-limiting beliefs and I was really letting go of a lot of fears and triggers and things that were coming up around the childbirth um and uh, yeah really trying to embody that feeling of that natural vaginal birth that we wanted this time and so that was really awesome and then that coupled with the hypnobirthing um, there's certain exercises that Carrie gets you to do and it's like releasing the fears of both mum and dad about, you know, anything. Yes. So it can be, it's great for first time parents as well, you know, just letting go of all of those fears and then talking about them and airing them out. And then you yeah. kind of, you can burn them if you want to burn yeah. it on the paper or you can just, you know, rip it up and chuck it out. Yes. Um, but we did like a meditation with Carrie to kind of let it all go amazing Um, that's so great like not letting those fears fester in the background but bringing them forefront and like dealing with them you know getting them off your chest is so important yes definitely so 
that helped a lot. And I, Tim and I did a lot of like, oh, like we would just talk about the stuff that happened. Like I would get him to write down what he remembered and I'll write down what I remembered and we'd compare and it'd be so different or certain things that we would remember. Uh He would remember and I wouldn't. Yeah. And then, yeah, like I found old notebooks that I had and I, we read through them Amazing. and some of them had lots of like details and things that we just didn't even know at the time or Tim didn't even know that that's how I was feeling. And wow. so he was, yeah, like it was a really good time. I think for both of us, we really felt like we were a team and that we were yeah. doing this, supporting each other. Amazing. Um, yeah, like it takes a lot of work. Like yeah. a lot of work. So much work. Like everything was, you know, all geared for Remy's birth. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, really wanted to stay in our little positive birthing bubble for as long as we could. Isn't it um, funny how you need to like go through the experience again to heal from the previous? Isn't it funny how we often need to do that? Yeah. Yeah, like. What a, what a healing experience for you. Yeah, definitely. That's I feel incredible. Like and for him. It has been such a healing process, like from his whole pregnancy and his birth and postpartum. Like it's all been such a healing experience. Amazing. Um, in comparison, yeah, to our first time. Amazing. So mm. you did the hypnobirth. You would have done the yoga as well with Carrie? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that all comes part of the package. And definitely. then. Did you any anything else you wanted to note about your pregnancy? Um, I I just remember we watched Birth Time. Oh, great! Yes, I watched it like three times. Isn't it incredible? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, and I really resonate with the lady at the start who like she's the voiceover. Um, yeah, it says like you know she started her journey into motherhood isolated and alone. Yes. Um, yeah, like. And as soon as those words and her talking, like, just gets me and I just start crying because I'm like, this is exactly the same as what happened to me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's really great and I would definitely recommend it to anyone. May Tim watch it with me and we did a lot. We watched a lot. What did he think about it? He was quite shocked. Yeah, definitely. And, like, with some of the stuff that the dads say. Yeah, and that's right because there is dads on it. It's been a while yeah. since I've watched it, but yeah. And like when they talk about, you know, all the stats and like the caregiver, like and the things to do with the hospitals and yeah. how, like why all of a sudden, why is, has it become all, you know, medical based yes. and that sort of thing. It's like we've overcomplicated things. Absolutely we have. Yeah, like it kind of just leaves you like questioning mm-hmm. why is it the way that it is Yeah. Now. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Cool. And then how did your birth go? Because I kind of know how it ends, but I don't know how it started. (laughs) Yeah, so we were here um, at our house and I kind of went into labour at about 5 o'clock in the morning. I remember waking up and just, again, having those really weird, odd feelings but not consistent. Yes. Um, And, yeah, it was kind of like that weird lower back pain the beautiful motorbike revving yeah. in the podcast <laughs> drive away man drive away <laughs> thank you very much um but yeah they um what are we 
I just lost what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, oh, so yes, we were here. Um, pains in the morning. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so we were here um, and that's we just kind of like chilled out. So for most of like we wanted to be at home for as long as we could be um, and Maya was here. It was like Tim was going to go to work and he's like, should I go? And I was like, um, yeah, I think you'll be fine. I don't know what it is. And then lucky he stayed home because he was like, yeah, I'm just going to stay just in case and like not How long after. Um, 30, 38 plus six that cool. day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wasn't sure. I didn't expect to go yeah. that early. I guess I was like, oh, yeah, it'll probably go later yeah. or whatever. Um, and sorry, I'm just going to check on the boob if that's all right. Absolutely. He, um, yeah, so we hung out here all day. Um, Maya was here because it was school holidays. Um, and... We just like played, you know, and yeah. chilled out. Oh. I had a tens machine at home, so I was using that for some of the time. Good job. And yeah, I just had like a birthing ball and was just hanging out and just trying to do so normal funny. things as much as we could in the morning. Distraction. Um, yeah. I remember getting in the bath at some point um, and that was starting to kind of ramp up a little bit. Tim had a phone and he was like, kind of recording the contractions cool. so that we could kind of keep check on them because we'd like spoken to the midwives and let them know that we were um, in labour. Yeah. And yeah, may have got picked up by mum at about lunchtime and then after that things kind of really progressed from there. So I remember like walking around the house at one stage just like, being like, I just don't feel comfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. Like I need to find like a comfortable spot. Um, and I ended up being in our ensuite shower. And I was on my hands and knees with the hot water like on my yes. lower back. And that was really, really good. So good. Um, and I remember like calling out to Tim and being like, I need some towels. Um, and I had like all my affirmations like stuck up around. Amazing. In the bathroom as well. And, yeah, they, um, like, attractions got really, really close together. And I'd asked him for towels because I was like, I think I kind of intuitively felt that Remy was going to come. Mm. So I felt like I needed to, like, pad up the bathroom, like, in the shower to yeah. put towels underneath me. Yeah. Um, at this point in time, like, Tim had called um, our midwife a few times Bethan was actually away and wasn't on, so we had Jackie. Okay. So and Jackie ended up looking after us that day. And, yeah, she was just like, you know, you just need to stay at home. You're doing all the right things. Like, that's great. We'll check in. Like, you're managing really, really well. Mm. Just keep doing what you're doing. Um, and, yeah, Tim had called. He said, look, things have ramped up a bit. Um, you know, this is where she's at. They're pretty consistent. She's like, I'll come and do a home visit just to, you know, keep you guys at home, make sure that you're not coming in too early. Um, and in that time between them being on the phone and Jackie getting here, um, Christmas traffic was wild. I think 
things had really ramped up and in my head I was like I've underestimated myself in this yes. like I was like Tim I, I need to poo like <laughs> and, I was, and in my head I was just like oh my god like no wonder people just have like another cesarean yeah. like going through this is like crazy like, yeah. and, like, I just remember like I didn't know at the time but I was obviously so close like transition yeah I was getting there and I guess because in my head I was like we still have to go to hospital like have to get up to hospital in the to go to birth suite like and how much longer is it going to take in birth suite yeah. and I remember my contractions were so hectic in the shower like my whole body was shaking yeah like releasing all that tension yeah. through shake yeah and I was just so sweaty the whole time because of like there's so much energy just like going through you yeah um and yeah so that's why I was like god how much I don't know how much longer I can do this like yeah. this is crazy um and Jackie got there I got up and out of the shower and because I had to change positions Tim helped me out and like it slowed down a little bit mm. and that was a bit kind of yeah it had chilled out and then she was like oh yep you're eight centimeters like let's get to the hospital wow and, like didn't want to like that's amazing stress us but I think she was just like yeah let's go, Shit, let's go. yeah um because I was kind of sensing when I was in the shower that Tim was starting to get a little bit stressed um says he'd like packed everything he had the car on it was running out the back he had the <laughs> air con on ready to go and he was like trying to get me from upstairs down here out to the garage and I reckon I got hit with like three or four contractions on the stairs and I was like when I stood up like the gravity just was like it was just ready to go wow I kind of like got into the garage some of my waters broke and then I got in the car I just had to kind of like take a deep breath and like really muster up the courage to get in the car because I was like, how the hell am I going to sit in a car? And because I just couldn't sit still. And then as I got, like, I finally pulled myself together, got in the car, was like leaning over the middle console, like mm. in the front seat. So I was kind of like, yeah, just leaning because I couldn't oh, in sit. In the front seat you were. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. sit front on. And we had, like, the kids' seats in the back. So oh, I couldn't, like, course. lay anywhere. Tricky. And so I was like, all right, I'll just do it like this. I'll kind of just lean over and lay oh, into the middle. And and what is still intact at this stage? Um, they had released a little bit. Okay. But not, like, fully. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we were driving to the hospital. I kind of – Tim says that I went to sleep. I was so disorientated at this time. Like I don't really remember a lot of the car trip. Yeah. So oh, I think good. I must have zoned out a lot. And Whether you were asleep or just like in a different state. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Because I had like my little affirmations and meditation tracks and stuff on like the whole time. Yeah, great. Which was really helpful to help me like just breathe and mm. surrender and let it go. Um, and then, great. yeah, we got – like all the way down, we're going up over Kiwana Island Boulevard and I just had this big roaring contraction. Like Tim yes. said, I like roared and like he's like, I just woke up out of nowhere and he was kind of like, shit, like, are you okay? Like that was wild because like, he was like, I wasn't really sure how vocal you were going to be, but you were a lot more vocal than I thought. Um, and 
I kind of was just like awake then and I was like oh my god I just feel so much pressure so much pressure like I was like I'm just so uncomfortable with so much pressure and I remember like looking down (laughs) and feeling I was like I better feel like just in case and there was a head out like I could see Remy's head to his like eyebrows and also that big roaring contraction. And you were still driving there. So Tim was still driving. Oh my god! And Remy's yeah. And did like you literally say forehead was out? Or yeah, I was like Tim, his head's out, and he was just like, "What? No, it isn't." He's just like, "Keep it in. We're almost at the hospital." <gasps> so we're like coming over the Pereira Bridge Channel. Yeah. Oh, sorry, the yes. Pereira Channel Bridge, and like as you go around like those roundabouts, and I just had like one more little roaring contraction and he his whole body just came out oh my god (laughs) so like I was like one knee up one leg down like into the foot space in the car like over the back of the thing and I just like yeah had that one contraction and he just came out I caught him and I like did like a flip around and just like pulled him up onto my chest and I was just sitting there still moving driving Because there's nowhere to, like, you can't park. There's no, like, stopping lane or nothing. And Tim's just driving. He's looking at me. He's just like, oh, my God. Like, is he okay? Is he okay? And, like, Tim was stressing. Like, he's usually the most calm person in the whole entire world. But he was starting to freak out just because our friends had had a baby, like, a month beforehand. And their baby came out um, but wasn't breathing. Uh, and they were in hospital, so that was all good. They got the oxygen on and everything. Yes. So Tim had never, ever thought about anything like that before. Yes. So when he was, like, coming out in the car, he was just yes. like, oh, my God, like, is he alive? Is he breathing? Like, yes. And as soon yes. as I was like, yeah, like, he's okay, everything's all good, he was like, oh, thank God. Because he's like, he was like, I was so stressed. Like, if he came out and he wasn't breathing, like, we didn't have that equipment or no. anything here. No. Um, but yeah, I just remember being I just can't believe so that. calm, like the calmest I've ever been in my life. I was just like, oh my God. You just did it. I was I'm just like, goosebumps. that's amazing. He's, I was like, he's alive. He's fine. Everything's all good. And he just, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I was like, I did it. Oh my God. <laughs> I fucking yes. did it. <laughs> fucking I did it. Woo. That's so exciting. <laughs> I just can't believe that. Wow. Could you imagine being a, a driver like next door and looking over and there's just this vagina with a head out? <laughs> it would just be. I'd be what? like, what's going on in that car? Are they Amazing. okay over there? Yeah. yeah. Tim was just like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, well, we'll keep driving. We're literally almost at the yeah. hospital because we were like coming down like past spotlight by then. Yeah, literally. Um, and yeah, we like called the midwife on the car and he, she, she was like oh are you guys here and Tim's like um not quite we've we've actually just had the baby in the car and she was like oh my god no oh my god <laughs> she's like you're everything okay she's like and we're like yeah yeah everything's all good like and she's like all right we'll come down and meet you so they just got yes. the wheelchair and came and met oh us down gosh. and wheeled us up and did you have a massive gush of water and stuff in the car was it like new seats and stuff like that, probably not really. <laughs> it was actually right now, it but... was actually in my new car. Oh um, no! But luckily, they had leather seats, oh, so it was goodness. fine. And I had a towel underneath me, and I I had a dress on because obviously I was going, but yes. I didn't have undies on. I just had a dress that like came down. So yes. most of the waters got 
like soaked up by the towel Great. and my dress. Um, and yeah, the seat, like it really wasn't that dirty. That's amazing. Like there was hardly any blood. Amazing. The waters were clear. Amazing. Yeah. Like it was really good. Wow. Okay. So then what happened? You went upstairs of the hospital? Yep. Yeah. So Checked we went, above, so went up to Bursley. Everything was all good. Um, I had Remy on my chest like the whole time. Like they didn't, they gave us like, yeah, all the uninterrupted um, one-on-one time, which was awesome. And he kind of latched naturally when Amazing. he was ready. Um I didn't have any tearing like in my perineum or anything. So we'd been doing massage and everything because I'd right. been to a pelvic floor physio to get all that checked out. Right. Um, and but I had a tear in my labia, like in the outside. So yeah. I had to get that stitched up. Yeah. So um, I can't remember. Yeah, I think Tim took Remy then, and yeah, so I had to get stitched up. So I had. Um, some gas for that and I remember mm. saying to Tim I was like this is more painful than giving birth wow <laughs> like they were just I could just like the stitches did they use lignocaine I don't actually know what they use they usually would have used they would have put um like they did stage. yeah they did some oh, they local did? in right. um but yeah it was just still like you could still feel like that sharp yeah. piercing kind of Oh, feeling, oh. and they just yeah, they were like, "Yep, suck on the gas, suck on the like, gas, bite yeah. down on the thing." Yeah, it was, yeah, okay. Um, Good on you. But yeah, and I birthed the placenta naturally. That came out like yes. forty minutes after REM. Like, did just you have fine. a shot of No, no. Wow, yeah. so full physiological birth. Yep. So yeah, amazing. Yeah, how that was cool. so amazing. I just remember, yeah, just feeling like so empowered and amazing afterwards um obviously it didn't go like completely to plan I had wanted to have a water birth and be in the um, rainforest room and I wanted to have like all the beautiful photos and everything of us in there and I think I have like two photos of me as we pulled up to hospital like with Remy in my arms yeah that's kind of all I have yeah you know everything's meant to happen for a reason yeah works out yes yeah interesting so isn't cool. it isn't it amazing so then postnatally how's that been from there um yeah so rem has probably had a, we've had some similar experiences in terms of like remy's weight mm. um like with maya so he was born um quite little and is quite little and it took him a little while to like Put on the weight that he needed to yeah um so that was a bit stressful going through that again because mm. we just I guess again you kind of you left questioning like have we done something wrong are we not doing something right like is my yeah. breastfeeding not I don't know like is he not getting enough from me but he was very content relaxed yeah. chilled happy meeting all these milestones elsewhere just not gaining the weight, weight not really yeah he was gaining, gaining weight. weight just still small just not huge amounts yeah um and yet yeah, was just still little um but yeah so like I'd spoken to a lactation consultant and she kind of had said that everything sounded good from her end like his latch and everything was mm. fine he we um saw I had been seeing a chiropractor the whole time with Remy because I actually had slipped and fallen down the stairs 
and like tilted my pelvis out and so he like pretty much went to her straight away and um his latch like changed instantly because it was a bit tight around his jaw and things from when he like was born and so that really really helped and he was totally fine like yeah he could latch like I'd never seen his mouth open and then all of a sudden it would like was just like open wide it was really awesome um yeah so we'd kind of just gone there and got like yeah everything was kind of working really well in that respect um and then yeah it probably has taken him to about nine weeks and then he would start to kind of chunk up so we probably put him on um a mixture feed from about seven weeks yeah and was that like why did you end up doing the mixed feed um probably because I was probably starting to doubt whether I'd had enough of a supply Mm. um because I just wasn't sure um Mm. and I just felt like like because we'd been seeing the GP um, and everyone as well, and you know they were all like, "Well, he's you know he's not kind of where he should be." Which I mean, what is should and where should they be exactly. at what age? Um, yeah, they were wanting to see at least 150 grams gain a week, and he sometimes was a little bit under that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were kind of like, "Look, why don't you try supplement?" as well as I was like pump like trying to pump to get my supply up and would yeah. give him that as yeah. well as a supplemented feed mm. if he needed it. Did um, you take on No. Mm. So that's what I've been talking with the doctor about now. Okay. Um but he thinks I don't need it. Mm. So I probably wanted to try and stay off mm. it if I could. Yeah. Um and because he's now gaining weight yeah. Quite well. Yeah. You know, he's up over that like 200. Like issue out of nothing, you know. Yeah. Like he's eating, That's right. eating enough, you've got enough milk and, yeah, he'll gain weight when he feels like it. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. As long as he's, like, happy and healthy, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's eating all these milestones elsewhere, so. Yeah. He was all good, so, it's yeah. so hard to know. Yeah. Mm. Lots of unknowns. There's a lot Definitely. But, yeah, postnatally, like, we – well, I really enjoyed the fact that Maya was on school holidays and Tim had six weeks off. Oh, amazing. And six so, weeks is wonderful. Yeah, That's great. So nice. Guys for making that happen. Yeah. And I yeah. think because of our experience last time, we were like, we just want to have time dedicated to us doing nothing, yeah. supporting each other, just being here, yes. doing whatever. And that was really, really good. And, yeah, as we talked about before, like it's just it's been such a healing yeah. nourishing time for us even for your relationship as well like yeah yeah that yeah, whole definitely. support that connection bond. yeah yeah so good yeah so yeah it's it's been amazing it's been a wild ride but we wouldn't change it I think we've learned a lot of things along the way yes for what we needed to and I'm very thankful that this time around I feel like I've got a lot of tools in my toolkit to be able to support myself yes. and know that you know if I'm not feeling great what do I need to do for myself yeah how can I prioritize me a little bit more yes as opposed to 
last time not knowing that that's probably what I needed. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Wow. All right. Well, we have a quick little precipitous birth round we call, which is kind of a bit fitting because you did have a pretty quick birth. Yes. How long do you reckon it ended up being in the in hole? Um, I think it was about nine hours from when I first started feeling interesting stuff in the morning. Yeah. Great. Great. I wonder how long of an active in quotations I say. Yeah. Whatever that would have been. Mm. Yeah. Intriguing. Never I know. feel like from about lunchtime. Yeah. So, and Remy was born at about 3.15 in the afternoon. So, wow. I feel like it was like maybe three hours. Amazing. Pretty quick. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, precipitous birth round. Did you have any weird pregnancy cravings? No. I never really did oh, with either. Um, not weird ones. I definitely craved more sweet stuff with Maya. So, yeah. lots of fruit. And I'm not a sweet tooth, so that was kind of weird. Like, you know, I would have, like, a bit more chocolate and that sort of thing. Um, And this time around, all I wanted was meat, like, slow-cooked meats. Amazing nourishment. Mm. Yes. That was yum. How good. How good. Um, What would your biggest tip be to birth simply, to mamas out there? Um, I think definitely taking the time to be educated um, mm-hmm. during pregnancy um, and just take that time to yeah, get rid of any fears Yes. so that when it comes to the day, you're not, I don't know, self, like limiting yourself. Yes. Yeah. I feel that completely. Like even, you know, say if your mom didn't have an ideal birth or, you know, grandmas and stuff like that or you see shit on movies, they all create these unconscious thoughts about birth these unconscious beliefs about birth and if they're just playing on repeat under the surface and you don't bring them forward they're going to come out in your birth you know yeah definitely i'll see some mums say yeah to their kids and like this isn't three after stuff this is years ago but you know oh you tore me in half and all of this sort of stuff and it's like you know she doesn't need to hear that you know no no. um and like obviously that mum's got her own healing to do and whatever yeah yeah it's that stuff affects you long term. Bring it forward. Yeah. Bring those fears forward. Definitely. Cool. cool. Good one. What would your biggest um, tip be to parents simply? Um, oh, I think it's just you've just got to surrender and go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> Take each day as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. No two days can be the same. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. No routine. Yeah. Doesn't exist. Pretty much. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. And that's a wrap to this month's birth story. I really hope you enjoyed. I just loved that story. I feel like there was so much to take from it and it's hard to come up with one takeaway. However, I would have to say that my biggest takeaway from this story was to heal yourself put that as a priority it honestly I know it's so so hard but it needs to be number one because you can only mother as good as who you are you know whereas if there's all these shadows in the background all these fears all of this sadness all of this 
you know, trauma that's just hiding in the background of our subconscious and not at the surface, not only is that going to be running our lives, but it's also going to pass that trauma on to our kitties. So we really need to bring that trauma up and sometimes you've got to put yourself first before them in order to actually put them first. So um, do the things you need to do, get the help you need to get, whether it be, you know, in any form, it could be meditation, it could be mindful work, it could be um, exercise, it could be more physical manipulation of the pelvis using chiropractors or checks or whatever. So do the things that you need to do. And if you're needing permission, then here is your permission right now. You are allowed to go and help yourself, mama, 100%. I am giving you permission. So if you enjoyed that beautiful birth story with Re, I would really like to see in the form of a five-star written review. I hope you have a great week. Lovely talking to you.